Welcome to another episode of the White Collar Tradie Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Zebranik. Join me as I chat with some of the most interesting, inspirational and successful people I've been fortunate enough to meet throughout my life and through my business journey. Throughout these conversations, we'll dive into the mindset of our guests and uncover some of the tips, tools and strategies they've implemented in their business and their life that has helped shape their success and make them the all-round incredible humans they are. Please enjoy. My guest for today is Bo Williamson. He's a personal trainer with a diploma in health and physical education. He opened the first BodyFit franchise in South Australia in Kentown back in 2018. And he's a, one of Adelaide's most popular PTs, I would say. Um, so, mate, mate, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming down. This setup's unbelievable. Awesome. <laughs> Just a really big production Enjoy over here. Enjoy it, mate. Well, um, I wanted to start off with a bit of a uh, lighthearted question, I suppose. And I've always meant to ask you this, but I never have, is like, mid-COVID, you were on TV every two weeks. There was a news crew at the gym every, every month, I reckon. Where, how'd that come about? Uh, yeah, it was, it was probably one, uh, I guess, take that kind of set it off. So we were, we were quite lucky. We had a, a guy who was from channel seven as part of, uh, being around the gym. So we knew the situations and I feel like the media heard about what was happening before we did half the time. Uh, so yeah, out of nowhere, he, he reached out to me. It was probably three days into the first lockdown. He said, I've got a story that I want to run. Just want to come to your house and film you running around doing your thing. <laughs> Show me what, uh, what you've pivoted to. Yeah. And I said, Hey, what's, you know, what's the harm? Why not? Um, and it went national. So I think it went to Sydney and it blew up. Yeah. And yeah. then every, yeah, yeah, it was every couple of days from that day, it was the advertiser channel nine, channel yeah. seven. Basically, they need a flog to stand in front of the screen and talk. And <laughs> oh. if you follow me on Instagram, you know that um, one of the biggest flogs going around. <laughs> it was probably pretty easy to find. Nah, mate, don't talk down to yourself. Yeah, like you're a gun. Is the is the has the COVID just quickly? Is the COVID or sort of chilled it chilled a bit now in the gyms? Or yeah, yeah. The um the funny thing was it was never a massive like I guess you always when you didn't know what it was before the wave came. And I think that was probably the end of last year from memory when the cricket mm. was on and it really hit yeah. where everyone had it. Yep. Um, and it was a standard, like everyone's going to have their two weeks and you can't go near anything or, or do it at the moment. It's, it's really business back to, back yep. to usual. Really everyone's getting, getting stuck into it and mingling around again and in a group environment. It's really good to see. Just using more wipes. Uh, I think usual. that would be one of my biggest expenses outside. Oh, I, was, I was thinking that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and when there aren't any wipes there, everyone's like, what's going on? Like times are tough. Or, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So I had oh. to sell my left liver, <laughs> my left liver, left kidney to, uh, to get that. But oh. nah, it's, um, yeah, it's good to see. Yeah. Good. I'm glad it's getting back to normal. As a personal trainer, mate, your career is based around, um, helping other people reach their goals. And I'd love for you to understand like what it means to you. And the satisfaction you get around like your clients meeting their potential and you helping them towards that. Such a deep question. I love that. Um, for me, it was something that I guess started in me when I was really young. I've always loved helping people in general. Um, so when I finished school, I think like anyone, you don't really know what you're going to fall into. And I was no good at picking up tools or anything. So I kind of, uh, I kind of thought, why don't I run with this whole, like making people feel good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really rolled into, I guess, my, my future study and learning more about the industry. And to be honest with you, even when I was studying, I didn't know that being a PT was everything that I wanted to make a career out of. Mm -hmm. And it was hilarious because dad actually said he, my dad told me, he's like, you're never going to make this work. <laughs> he goes, now, in a way, so yeah, I was like, cheers dad. Thank you. <laughs> uh, he just said, you know, it's, it's pretty tough out there. Whether he just saw that, I guess the big box gym scenario. They're, um, they're quite intimidating for a lot of young trainers coming through cause it's high cost. Like it costs you roughly $300 a week plus mm -hmm. $1,500 to $2,000 to get started. I think the startup for any business is hard, but especially in the fitness industry, you're a, you're a little fish in a big pond. So mm -hmm. for me, going back to what, I guess what I get out of it, it's fulfilling. It's so fulfilling seeing someone not only achieve their goals, you know, crack milestones, um, stay with something for longevity. I think just bettering people's lives is something that I go, I always go back to how good's that, that I can yeah. make such an impact. Yeah. It must be so good every day to, to know, yeah, you are making an impact on people. Yeah. Um, awesome. 
you st- I think you started your fitness career in 2009. <laughs> Done some research. Right? <laughs> yes. Uh, it was under, yeah, TAFE for say 2009 and I got yeah. my first gig at fitness first around 2009, 2010. Yeah. And I, in that period, that period of time was when social media pretty much just, just kicked off really how you've seen social media change the fitness industry over that period from 2009 to 2023, I guess from maybe from a business standpoint how you have to do business, but also the clients, how how are they affected by it and sort of. It's, it's necessary evil, I think at the moment, um, when, when every business starts, it's the first thing you think of is how am I going to market myself? And from a business standpoint, if you don't have a, uh, I guess a social media platform in general, it's not about having a following your following could be a hundred people, but if those hundred people are engaged, Mm then it's going to convert into a, a better business scenario. So the, yeah, the change from 2009, it was just about, I guess, taking a, a bit of a leap at the start. Like I didn't know that social media was going to be the thing that really skyrocketed any business that you do. But, um, nowadays I don't think you could go around and see yeah. that anyone wasn't on there. It's the first thing, like I said, you always bring up Facebook, Instagram, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So I say necessary evil because then on the hindsight, it's also a really big space for anyone just to put out anything. So in the mm-hmm. fitness industry, especially it's, uh, every trainer you go to will have a different bit of source that they'll give you yeah. and it allows people to have free speech and to be able to mm. get their point across, which I absolutely love, but it also means there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah. So that's kind of my point around the necessary evil is, is that, you know, God's word or the Bible that, you know, you're going to live by just cause you watched the TikTok while you were. Mm you know, mm. busy. Um, I don't think people really understand the concept of that and how hard hitting it is like affecting a lot of young people, especially, but it's, it's like, it's everywhere. It's in would, your face. Would you have any advice to anybody who like how to, to cut? Yeah. You see, um, I mean, it's all about trust, right? Uh, yeah. I think it's the whole reason that I'm sitting here in front of you now is when, when you trust people and you want to spend time in it, that's when you should really take the advice that you give or, mm. Mm. um, probably listen for wholeheartedly. Don't just take everything you read or see and, you know, you wouldn't go and Google your symptoms yeah. to then go, the doctor said this. So for me, it's just like, do your research, spend the time to actually trust and maybe ask the hard hitting questions to the, the people, the, the um, business that you want to go and, and see mm. from, but just be mindful that not everything you get told is, you know, yeah. exactly that. Yeah, definitely. Now I know you do a bit of work you're pretty passionate about like the body male body image and a few things but i wanted to touch on this is what advice would you have to any like adolescent or young adult males especially that are finding that they're just comparing themselves flat out to that you know typical influencer you see online with the chiseled abs and you know a lot of these bodies that they are just are forced on them daily on social media Extreme. Yeah, yeah, extreme. Not not necessarily very attainable, mm. you know, or realistic. And I think it's important for these people to have sometimes know that, you know, these guys might be dedicating literally their whole life to looking like that. Yeah. Do you have any advice to these young fellas who are, you know, because it is a big thing at the moment. It's huge. Um, my main advice is exactly what you just said, that comparison is, again, just something that can really eat you up. So you should only really be focusing on you and what you can control and that's, you know, seeing yourself in a better view and, and talking to yourself differently and avoiding, you know, you're never going to be com- able to completely avoid it being in your face. It'll mm. be, it's, it's almost like fitness means abs yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, which goes back to what I said before about necessary evil. I love that it's got the ability for anyone to come out and say what, what they want, but it just means that there's a standard that I'm, I don't think needs to be met all the time. So yeah, mm. for a younger person coming through, like I always found sport was fantastic because you're surrounded by other people. I think if you're doing an individual sort of thing, whether it's a bodybuilder or a, even you think about a golfer, like you've got to have a team of people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you're seeing the end product of the bodybuilder on stage, there's been a yeah, lot of work behind that. So surrounding yourself with the right people, um, you are basically a reflection of the five people you spend your time with. So mm-hmm. voice those concerns and talk to the people that you're close to about these things that you're having. I can't name a time when I was a teenager that I went to my mates and said, guys, like I'm really struggling with how skinny I am Yeah, because it's embarrassing. It's uh, you feel demeaning in a way you feel like you're not enough. Mm-hmm. 
And I was always that kid personally growing up where I always wanted to be bigger, mm-hmm. wanted to, um, you know, be like the kid that was getting picked first when, when they're playing yeah. footy and that sort of thing. I think everyone wants that in a really weird way, but Definitely. my advice is that it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, mm. none of that means anything. Mm-hmm. If it's not going to bother you for five minutes, like, yeah, know, just let it go. And also on the flip side with the girls, I suppose, man, is I, I see it from, I'm not frequenting the gym anywhere near like what you are, but geez, I can just feel the pressure. Like oh, the, this, in, the, the social, I don't, I will get off the social media soon, but this, the, I feel like the social media, just the pressure they're under eh, to, yeah. to look like crazy good it's at the crazy. gym. And it's uh, how are you finding that within it's the gym environment? pretty heartbreaking to see and to be open and experienced too. It's, it's great that there is as much as there's so much what I would call negativity around it. There's a lot of positive, mm. uh, steps as well. And it's just about having, you know, following the right people. I think if you follow people that probably encourage a lifestyle that is just abs and only eating well and yeah. not going out and having a drink on the weekend or having a cheat meal, and mm. that's just thrusted in your face all the time. Or if it's different businesses that are just selling a product and mm. the product's always going to have an image or a video of someone really hot attached to it, yeah. that's you know, fit as, like you said, they could have trained for years for that. And you might just be starting your fitness journey and the pressure and just the stress that they put themselves under and stress is actually the biggest reason for high cortisol. High cortisol presents you, uh, prevents you from building lean muscle and burning body fat. Really? So it's hilarious when you actually break down a cycle of like, you come to the gym to work out. Yeah. You stress yourself out by external factors, you know, life, Mm. let alone just coming here and then you can't actually achieve the results you want from coming to the gym because mm. you've got these other things that yeah, are weighing you down. So it's pretty crazy. Um, when you yeah. think of it that way. And it sounds like from what you said, then that it, you, you, it's important for you, for your clients and to have a balance when you said like people, they feel like they can't even go and have a, have a drink with their friends. Mm-hmm. So how would you speak to, you know, finding that balance between, you know, keep being in the gym, yep. but also like you got to enjoy yourself. Yeah. I'm a five and two kind of guy, five and two with your fruit and veg and five and two with behave five days a week, be a bit <laughs> naughty for two, but, yeah, um, yeah. but I, I'm probably a little bit worse. Unfortunately, KFC is on the way home from work, so <laughs> love a nice little zinger combo box. But, um, nah, I just think it, you can life's in, everything's in moderation. Everything mm. you do is healthy in moderation mm-hmm. over, you know, exercise, eating well. And I guess even if you think about running are great for your health, if you over-exercise, you train too much. If you only eat strict diet, low calorie, mm. and you run all the time, your mm-hmm. body will break down. Yeah. And if your body doesn't break down, your head will break down. Yeah. Yeah. So right. it's hilarious to think that just because that's healthy, doing more of it doesn't always mean better. Mm. I've got a really funny saying to most of the members when they come to me with a similar question, they go, do I need to be doing this? Do I need to be doing that? And I'm like, more is just more. Like it doesn't mean anything else doing more things or more of the time just means you're doing more of them. doesn't mean better. Yeah. Okay. But there's a, there's a justification between doing more means you'll be better. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome advice. Now, something that's really inspired me is, um, about you is your work with the people with special needs. You can, if you can tell us a bit about the work you do in that space and and I'd also like to touch on what you get out of it. Sure. Um, it started probably 2018 when I was looking for a site. Uh, I was really lucky that the, the lady of whom I was contacting the real estate agent, I'm just overheard through, I guess my, me telling my life story about what I was looking for, looking for a gym, looking for a site. Um, I just in the past mentioned when I did my diploma, I did a six week course of working with kids with special needs at, uh, Mulberry special school actually. And when I said that, her son suffered from global development delay. So she goes, you know what, we're actually looking for yeah, Angus to be able to come and get into a gym and to uh, take the next step with his fitness journey because he hadn't really done any of that. And it went from, you know, once a week to twice a week to mm. he's been training with me for four and a half years now. Yeah. Um, and then he's the, he's the reason I do the work I do now with, I think I've had six clients on the books at one time with a school doing two days a week as well and some potential more work in the pipeline. Um, he's, yeah, he's amazing. Um, mm. you know, went to his birthday, went to his graduation where we're mates and, um, you know, he comes in he tries his little heart out and, uh, he gets to be around the boys, which it's a big thing about community and just and making it like 
a normality in their life that they just get to go to the gym. Mm. So when I started seeing that, I was like, I want to be able to do this with more people. <laughs> like, mm. Mm. um, you know, everyone's only got so many hours in a day and I've only got so many clients that I can see. So right now it's, it's a bit of a, I would say it's a learning curve for me. Like mm. I am really trying to understand where I could take it, where it could go and, uh, reaching out to everyone who I need to within the, the network of working with kids with disabilities. And it, there's a massive gap in the market. Mm. Um, and having my own son going through the process of getting speech, uh, therapy, going to see an OT, it really opens you up to just how special therapy is. And if I can provide some sort of therapy in a space that I'm still learning in, like yeah, that's yeah. why I, I do it is just the, the joy that you get from the, the client's faces. Have they, is, is Angus, did you say? Yeah. As what has Angus taught you? Anything that you could. Oh, so many things. Put into Patience. Yeah. Patience is the biggest thing. Um, perseverance. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen a day that he's upset. So. He walks in with a smile. He leaves with a smile. He'll be doing an exercise smiling, which for most people is pretty hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, things so, we take for granted. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally little things. And he's, he's had like, you know, no one would know he had his, uh, one of his legs was longer than the other. So he had like a full proper surgery within a boot, like, and he still came to the gym and yeah, and, still still yeah, and he was still here just like chopping along. And oh, even if he couldn't train, he'd come and sit in a chair and just watch. And I was like. This is a massive part of his, his day, his week, you know, his, yeah. his life. Every time he sees a body fit now, cause there's more open around Adelaide, he's like, Bowie. Like, yeah. Yeah. His mum used to tell me he'd wake up on Friday and Fridays were our sessions and he'd wake up and he's like, Bowie, like, Bowie today. She's like, yes, mate. We're going to see so Bowie. Amazing. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. My, awesome. my wife, just quickly, my wife works, Xavier works with special needs kids at school a little bit. So awesome. that's probably the one thing she does always say to me is that they just have the most like happy outs outlook all of them they just they're just generally always just happy and it makes you think like why am i sweating the small stuff you yeah. know like these massive kids are just perspective, so happy right? so yeah yeah massively it's huge oh totally different question now um yeah it, everyone I, I get interested in these sort of things because i have to lead people you know what i mean in my line of work so everyone responds differently you know to different styles of coaching you know some people like to be just told like man up and just do it you know and other people need a bit more empathy yeah. in the way that you have to get the best out of them so i want to ask you like how do you sort of look at that and build that into your environment you know where you have to tr you, you you learn what makes everyone tick and you know what i mean do you yeah. do you think about this sort of stuff yeah massively all the time especially working with staff as well um you always want to give the staff as many tools as you can to make their journey here and their time with us as, as easy as it can as well, because you're working with up to 200, 250 people that might be coming through your doors throughout the week. Mm. And you're exactly right. Not everyone responds the same. So you can't be David Goggins to someone yeah. who's just had a horrible day at work and been yelled at. Um, the answer to that question though, is yeah, the amount of work that goes into it is huge, but there's no, I've stuffed, you know, stuffed up that many times to, mm. Mm. I guess you only learn from failing mm -hmm. most of the time. So said the wrong thing, pushed the wrong person in the wrong way, you know, had things go, not go wrong, but like, you know, someone's had a really hard day. You can tell it on the brink of tears and actually yeah. without you knowing, you just walk up and yelling at their face to, to go harder when they're probably going as hard as they can. I've seen the outcomes of that. So mm -hmm. over my 13 year journey, I guess you just become a time where you go again, what you said before, like. Sometimes you don't need to push people to that level. There are some people that love it and you can generally pick it up really quickly. Mm -hmm. The ones that love it, crave it and want it. And you just focus on doing that style with that person. But the ones that need the TLC, a mm. little bit of extra care. Um, it's just the hope that hopefully through a network, through your trainers and coaches or the people that work with you, you can educate that everyone's different and people respond differently mm. to so many things. I know for me, I'm super like eye based from the disc scale. So. What that means is you flash something shiny in front of me and I'm like, yeah. my eyes light up, right? Yeah. But if you come down and I remember growing up through footy, it's all do this, do that. You need to hit this amount, this target. And a lot of the boys respond really well to that, but I actually struggled with it hugely. Mm -hmm. So I was always self-doubt, self-worth, mm. neg negative, not because I wanted to be, but just because I just found the points that I was shit at mm. and I only focused on them and didn't worry about the positives. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you develop a bit of a 
skill, I suppose, in, yeah. in reading people yeah. over time as a trainer. For Massively. Sure. Yeah. yeah. People are, people are really amazing like, creatures when you actually think oh, about yeah. it. And, uh, yeah, I get blown away every day by the amount of people you can meet and, um, just by being an open book yourself as well, I think it goes back to that trust building, right? Mm -hmm. So the minute that you can build trust with someone and they trust you, you can say anything in, as long as the manner is polite and, mm. um, observing, hopefully then they go on and get the best out of themselves. This is a selfish question because it's probably based around myself actually. I love this. But, um, who have like a lot going on in their life, business, kids, um, you know, just some advice for them to just make the first step in getting healthier because I t like one thing I've noticed with the people that I hang around now in the business space is like, I'd like, I'd like to think I've turned, coined the term, but someone else would have done it before. Is a business body. Yeah. Like, you know, like there's like the dad board. Yep. There's also like the business board, man. Yep. I'm in telling you, and I've got one. And so you got any advice for those sort of people that just really struggle to sort of like prioritize their health? Um, yeah, I think it does come down to where you're putting your time and wherever you put your, the most time, wherever you water the grass the most is where it's going to grow the most. Mm. So if your health and your mental space and anything else along with it is not suffering, but if you feel like it's not where you'd like it to be, the more understanding that you have around, you're in complete control of the time that you spend in it and understanding that when it comes down to the hour, it's not about the hour mm. Of you know, the day that you go into the gym, I say this to people all the time. There are the others, you know, flip the coin on the, coin on the other side. You've got the people that want to train two to three hours a day and they want to go seven days a week. Mm. And it goes back to it's a lot more than what the everyday punter would do. Um, but really, I think the average Australian probably averages around three to four days a week, like tops. I know with BFT, it's most members will average three to four sessions a week. Sessions okay. go for 50 minutes. Yep. That 15 minute session that you're there at the gym, yes, you're building muscle. Yes, you're burning body fat, but it doesn't actually happen in there. It happens over consistency through time mm. and mm -hmm. all the best jobs take the longest amount of time. So yeah. it's pro for me, it's just more trying to educate people around just taking the first step is the hardest. And when you do it, you're going to feel uncomfortable. But if you always do things that you've always done, you'll get the result you always Yeah, have. yeah, yeah. So I think sometimes it's how big is the carrot in front of you? Like what's actually in front of you that makes you want to change whatever it is, whether mm. it's a lifestyle, if it's, you're not happy with a certain thing about your body or that it's, it's also a bit about being comfortable in your skin because you actually perform better as well. Mm -hmm. There's a massive um, study that was done on like even people lifting a heavy weight for an example, which everyone always says to me, what way do I do? That's the first question I get all yeah. the time. Yeah. The times that they lift the most aren't the times when they've been training for 12 weeks and, and they're ready to go. It's when they feel comfortable, when they feel safe, okay. if they feel comfortable and safe in an environment, they'll lift heavier and therefore get better results because of that reason. So wow. that's really, it's pretty crazy. Awesome, um, so getting back to that, it's like, there's going to be, everyone's going to have a different fit. The fit might be BFT. It might be caked Pilates. It might be, mm. you know, something completely different. Um, everyone's going to have a different version that they're going to want to go and give a try of and whether it's PT or just going to the gym and following suit, my main advice is follow a program because like anything, if you've got a program, you get there quicker. Mm -hmm. You could go and exercise randomly in a 24 seven gym with nothing like no, you can literally go online and download a workout plan in the space of 10 seconds if yeah. you wanted to. Yeah. Um, but you could just walk in, have no structure, no planning, just start lifting weights, moving machines. You'll get a result. Mm -hmm. But if I put a double next to you who had a program who had a PT, who got given correct technique advice, they would get there quicker mm -hmm. um, due to having, you know, the power to be able to get yeah. that information quicker. Yes. So that's the biggest thing is everyone goes to do a program that's maybe built for someone else instead of doing a program that's built for you. Mm -hmm. If you told me you loved running and cycling and I wrote you a gym program, yeah. you're probably going to stick to running and cycling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But I would educate you on why doing this particular gym program is going to help with your running and cycling. And again, it's about dangling that carrot. So then it kind of works itself out. Yeah. And in those busy professionals, business people, mums and dads, everyone's got so much going on in their life. But in those types of people that you see that stick to the program and get results over an extended period of time, can you see any like common traits in those types of people who aren't just like sucked in by the, I guess that sort of like the quick fix. Sort of yeah. Thing. Or yeah. like that little inspirational moment of, um, you know, uh, motivation they, mm -hmm. you know, and then they 
come in for a few weeks and they just Drop never off. seen again. Yeah. What are the common commonalities between the people that really stick to it and get results? It's the ones that seem to really enjoy it. Like if you're trying to force a circle into a square, most of the time, it's probably not going to fit. Mm -hmm. So when I do see a trait, it's normally of people that have, again, a good network of people around them. So it's the ones that have friends or partners that come to the particular gym. When I had a PT client, um, that maybe stayed for as long as they, like some of my PT clients are six, seven years now, like mm. still going, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, for that constant regular yeah, check-in. Um, I think they're all really driven. I think driven is a big thing. Like if you're driven to do anything, you know, you're going to have more drive, therefore probably have the level up. Um, mm -hmm. it's again, just being open and communicating these thoughts and feelings that you might be having around wanting to achieve a set goal or, uh, wanting to take that first step and then going to the people that you trust and mm -hmm. who you're around and, and yeah, the, the community aspect of it is finding your community and your tribe is a big part about, I think what breeds success. Mm -hmm. You think about the Richmond football club when they had the three years or whatever it was yeah. when they were winning the flags, it's because they had the right people around at the right time and they, mm -hmm. they just, um, they went on a run for it and they had the best players, but even Dimmer was saying like, it was about bringing confidence in the team and confidence in the players to be able to go out and just have fun and just do their thing. And there mm -hmm. wasn't so much about game plan and structure and whatever. And that's yeah. when Dusty absolutely yeah, dominated. Yeah, destroyed it. Yeah, yeah. correct. So it seems like momentum yeah, has a lot to massive. do with it in a, in, in a sticking to a gym program. It's like, it's it's like huge. You, once you build that momentum, it's a lot easier to keep yeah, going, isn't it? Average gym membership's like nine months. Okay. But that's in what we do. So in group fitness space, nine months is the timeline that an average punter would stay. Um, we've been open five years and I could easily count 20 to 30 people that are five years into their membership. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy to think that from the day you open, there's still people slogging around hitting the BFT as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's the other scope for practice on like a 24 seven gym. I think the number, you probably have to check this after to make sure it's I think there's a number of like between 15 to 20% of what's called a sleeper. So they pay for a gym membership and they don't use it. Yeah. So, and that's not just for like one week or two weeks. That's like you're a yearly active member and you've maybe gone twice. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're the, not the best kind of customers if we call that, but yeah, yeah. for a, for a big box gym, when you've got people that are paying for their membership and they're not using it, you know, obviously for a return of revenue, that's going to be a bonus for them because the equipment's going to be fresher mm. for the ones that do and yeah, yeah. so on and so forth. But out of a number of like, you know, a thousand members that I was once a part of when I worked at any time, I think maybe 600 odd used it. Mm -hmm. So it was actually quite high back then, but I think it's increased a lot more after COVID and after everyone kind of waking up and going last pretty short. Yeah. Let's all go and have a crack. Yeah. Yeah. Our mutual friend, Dave, who sadly passed away last year from brain cancer. I know that he was a mentor for you and in the personal training space and he taught you as a youngster, I believe at TAFE. Um, so I wanted to just touch on what you learned from Dave and because Dave was very well renowned in the fitness industry and maybe what set him apart a bit, what you learned from him. Yeah, he's, um, he's a massive inspiration. And I think, uh, having the phone call from our good friend, Ryan, January last year, I think July. it was, it was oh, he rang me January. Yep. Yeah. To find out that everything had happened. Yep. Um, you go from being like, you know, wow, when's the last time I, I saw Dave to actually being like, you forget how close mm. you were through that time period. And through 2009, through 2012, when I was studying and I was at TAFE and I worked there pretty much because of him, like he was, people say the word inspiration all the time. He was a reason that I started, stayed and stepped into the fitness industry. So watching him, there's a day that I remember clear as daylight as if it was yesterday, which is pretty weird because my memory's um oh we did a spin class so the spin bikes were very popular back in the day yeah. back in 2009 yeah. he used to love a bit of a I cycle spin class the big man used to the big man used to throw <laughs> down a fair bit on the bike and he would dribble a sweat listen to metallica and go nuts <laughs> yeah. um yeah and there, there was like this one particular pendulum song that like now whenever i hear it it's literally i it takes me Which back song? to people I reckon. Yeah. yeah. It was, um, it was one that he used to always throw on his playlist and part of the education process through TAFE, which you had to do certain classes, um, with the staff there. And Dave was always the first one to put his hand up and 
wanted to put us through the ringer and it was around the time that he was in pretty good nick as well which yeah. was all the time pretty much all the time yeah <laughs> um, and i just remember looking at him like his glistening body up on the screen he's got lights on him he's just sweating away his arms it was are a jacked. good looking man yeah i was like i want to do that yeah. <laughs> um but no it was it was super hard super challenging um and i saw it like he made me work so hard and again kid at 19 thinking he was top shit coming into yeah. TAFE playing I was playing like not league footy but like you know out of North Adelaide through the time and thought I was a bit of a right yeah and I just got absolutely flogged yeah. <laughs> in this one hour session of sitting on a bike and I was dripping with sweat and it was it was really yeah it's an inspiration to me to think back to that and go like that's something that stuck in me just how hard he worked mm. um and I owe a lot of my my time my learning my development to him massively so I don't think there's enough mm. words that come into play now how much of a big part he played in yeah. my career my journey he organized which was un unbelievable um the fundraiser we had here for him and and, and at the time i think on that day you did like 1600 burpees yes right yeah. so so i guess my question around that is you you have done some pretty crazy feats like you know running the marathon on three days notice these types of things and i wanted to get into the mindset a little bit of someone like as an elite athlete like i would say you are is what what where is your mind going like what what is your self-talk what's happening in your brain when you're doing those 1600 burpees and your mind and body is just like oh stop like yeah. what's what, what's happening in your brain what are you saying to yourself um yeah during i guess the three hardest ones that i've done where the marathon was one of the hardest things i've ever done in my entire life um the burpees I was beating myself up probably more than I, probably a few words I can't actually say on this face to myself. <laughs> there. Um, yeah, it was, it was actually like really confronting just being in a space where you know that you have to finish something. Mm. Um, it's the first time I've been in those. I love getting uncomfortable as weird as that sounds. Cause I'm a bloke that, you know, like we've talked about goes through anxiety and self-doubt and whatever. But when I get uncomfortable, then you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. And I found it super humbling. Um, I did 2022 hip switches when I just came off the back of COVID in January, 2022, it was my first workout. So a hip switch roughly to give you an idea, you might get out 20 in a minute. If you're holding a decent pace, <laughs> I was breaking them down into blocks of 10 because my hips were good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it took me two and a half hours, I think, two hours, 40 minutes. That was like just being by myself in my head. Mm. Um, it's hard to say exactly what goes through. It's just like, don't stop, next step. And I think the next step is one thing I kept saying, especially with the, the marathon with running. Um, everything hurts, blisters. I had a backpack on, which I didn't wear a t-shirt shock for. And I, <laughs> my back was like shredded, um, getting cuts and that sort of thing on there. And I just kept thinking one more step. And to be honest with you, the, the stuff that has led back to Dave, it, it meant a lot more. Mm. And I meant like nothing I do within that one hour, two hour, three hours, however long it takes you to do something, nothing will compare mm. to what someone who's battled with brain cancer or yeah. that's suffered an illness like Dave had to go through, mm -hmm. goes through. Yeah. And that is something that drove and, and has driven me heaps since, since mm -hmm. losing it. I don't know if you remember at his funeral, but I think it might've been Chloe or Dave's sister who said like, every time you go for a run, you should like, yeah. think about Dave. Yep. And I, I do do I that do when things well. get hard. I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking about Dave, you yep. know, and yeah. So it's, a, it's hard to talk about, but, yeah, it is. um, now do, do you have any, like you spoke about body fit and I've just started doing a bit of work with body fit. About time. Um, I'm, they, <laughs> they, 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 they want me to come on as a yeah, you know, advertiser. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, um, as an influencer. Self proclaimed. <laughs> um, do you have any advice for someone who'd be like, who is like apprehensive about joining a gym, like a body fit? Because I think, you know, in the, if someone like yourself and even me, who's quite a confident person can sometimes forget how hard it can be for some people to make yes. that first step and get in this gym. So yes. do you have any advice to people like that who? Yeah, it's, it's normally a lot more scary in your head than it is actually doing it. Mm. I think like anything, it's, it's like jumping out of a plane. You think about it enough. It's going to be, you know, it's going to haunt you <laughs> um, until you actually do it and you go, fell the lead. Yeah. That yeah. was awesome. Um, so we get a lot of that all the time. A big thing that we try and focus on in particular with our social media, which you touched on earlier is trying to showcase 
everybody everywhere, every time. There's no specificity, like it has to look like this. Um, we obviously try to make sure that technique's always a fond point or that there's an exercise that maybe somewhere else wouldn't be doing. So even when we're marketing to those people, mm -hmm. um, it's to try to make it lighthearted for people to take that first step. Because the last thing I want to do is only put out a, a voice or a vision of something that, um, you have to be like this before you can step foot in there. Mm -hmm. So my advice to people is it's always worse off than what you think. Mm. Um, and it's only through experience that you're going to learn that you can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, it goes back to self, like, what are they projecting on themselves? What self-talk are they doing? Yeah. Yeah. What are they going through? Do they have time commitments? Um, it's, it's available for everyone. And that's what I loved about it. Obviously when you buy a franchise, you basically got to commit to everything that you align with, they have to align with when mm -hmm. you're running, you're running a business, but you're also running it within a framework. Mm -hmm. Um, and I found the particular framework of BFT just to be so suitable for the everyday, um, punter and, and for myself, like I actually went around and trained all the different variations of things I wanted to do that was around at the time in 2016. Mm -hmm. And it was the one that jumped out of me that I went, I could do this every day. Yeah. So when you find something you can do every day, and that's what I said before, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but when you find something you can do, that's an everyday thing, it goes back to, you're going to do it more often. You're going to enjoy doing it mm -hmm. and eventually it just kind of sticks. And, and I'm sure momentum. You, yeah, I'm sure you feel the same with running, right? Like yeah. everyone gets shit scared about running, mm -hmm. but what are we really scared of? Like yeah. that you're going to get better. Definitely. That, that, <laughs> that, that's something that I've learned probably over the years is like, and it sort of relates back to this stuff is like, I, I always say to myself, like, I'm never as good as I think I am. I'm never as bad as I think I am. Yep. And that's probably the same as with the exactly. gym. It's like, it's never going to be as bad as you yep. make it out to be. And you're never as bad as you think you are. The biggest quote that I give people, cause I have to do, it's not a smooth, but I do the spill when mm -hmm. they come in mm -hmm. the first time. Yes. And the biggest spill I always tell people is you got to remember that majority of people think that people who go to the gym are vain. Mm -hmm. or that fitness is a vanity sort of object. So when you come into a space, if vanity is the thing that's driving it, if that's what you're saying, then everyone's only looking at themselves. Mm. And most of the time the mirrors in the room so that people can only check themselves out. Good so yeah. it kind of makes sense that if you think of that as a mindset, it takes away the whole like walk into a room in your underwear, or like public speaking or anything mm. like that. It's just more, if you can actually see that fitness is quite about how we look, how we feel, when you walk into a group of 36 people that are also working out, no one's looking at you to be like, what's, true. what's Bo wearing? No. I mean, and I do dress up like a dickhead half the time. So <laughs> I do get You're that quite a bit. That's actually a lie. I get that. I get that way too much. <laughs> Why has Bo yeah. dyed his hair pink? Ah, oh, right. <clears throat> Why is he not wearing a shirt again? Yeah, against standard. Wear a shirt. During hours. <laughs> now, I'm touching on those people again is that, you know, you must have a lot of people coming in here that, um, like every gym, but who life's just got in the way, you know what I mean? Like business, life, kids, it's got away from them. They're not, they're not feeling good about themselves. Um, they're not healthy. I'd like to know when you get these people back to a point from your work where they are healthy, they've lost weight, they're feeling good about themselves. How does that make you feel? Oh, that's really cool. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty special to know that, um, you can constantly make an impact on someone's life. And it, I go back to the thing that my dad said to me at the start when he was like, you're never going to make work. And I'm, like, <laughs> nah. um, I'm like, you know, if I can aid one, two, 10, 20, 30 people a day to just have a better you know, outcome, we call them wow moments when they come in here. So it might just be one wow moment mm -hmm. that a member has where you've helped them with something with a technique you've taken taking the strain off their back from when they're doing a deadlift or they just never maybe felt like they feel that they were comfortable at another gym and you gave them a regression mm -hmm. exercise that, okay, like they're not doing what's on the screen or what the exercise is, but they're still moving. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely awesome. And mm. it's a massive, um, it's a massive self pub up. Like, you probably don't give yourself enough credit as the coach of the room because you're so worried about, mm. um, being in the moment, controlling the time can, you know, I call it herding cats where most of the members are like cats and they get lost a lot. <laughs> so, um, when I was a PT, it was a lot more prominent because it would, you'd be training that client, the client would leave and you'd have a message within five, 10, 15, 20 minutes later. Like, I feel so good. Yeah. And it's the endorphin rush that they get when they leave Yeah, that I love giving to people. And my problem is probably, I want too much of it. 
like for me, I want it from everyone. Like, and the and majority of people don't really tell you mm. what they're actually going. So mm -hmm. you said to me before, the first thing I was thinking of when I get someone who's like, I'm too busy, Bowie, I can't make it. I've suspended my membership or I'm canceling. I go, what did I do wrong? Mm. Um, I don't go like, what's actually going through Matt's life yeah. to make him need to stop this. I immediately put myself at fault. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether it's a business owner sort of thing or whether it's it like a client is. relation sort of thing, but you always think you could be doing more. Mm -hmm. Um, so to any other coaches out there that maybe might be potentially listening or overhear it, it's, it's like, don't be so hard on yourself and know that everyone's going through their own shit. Yeah. That's cool. good advice. Cause it's so true. And that is a business owner thing I'd say. Mm. Yeah. There is heaps of different styles of training. Obviously you got like, God, CrossFit, normal weights running, cycling. And I'd like to just hear from you, like, obviously you're probably going to be a bit biased towards body fit, but, but I would say, no, I'd like to just hear from you, like what you think are the major benefits of the functional style training? Cause that's mm. essentially what body fit is. Am I right in yeah, saying correct. that? Yeah. Functional yeah. strength. How do you find that place. really stacks up against the other forms of fitness that other people could choose to do? It's, it's a complete, uh, the complete well-rounded program is what I kind of put it down to if you're getting something that's hitting your legs, your upper body, um, you know, your cardio, your conditioning, I think you're nailing it. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also got to be some recovery and like, I think rest is such a big thing where it's like sleeping, you're dead and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But sometimes doing a light walk or doing, uh, use the term Pilates, but Pilates can actually be super challenging for those that have yeah. gone and done it on your I core and your, your muscles that you don't so use. Hard. It's hectic. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think it's just a well-rounded program. Mm -hmm. Functional fitness has taken off in the last five years that I've seen, but it's always had to take a level up. So, I mean, we saw the likes of F45 go bang and mm. unfortunately they're going through a bit of a tough time. Bang in the wrong way, yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, yep. so functional training, again, it goes back to what I said before that fitness is such a such a, I guess, a term that a lot of people can come in and have an opinion of, of what's, what's hot or what's not. I just think it's finding something that's well-rounded, that hits every different energy system and like has a bit of science behind it. Yeah. So some trackable, uh, methods and methodologies are also crucial when mm -hmm. you're making this decision and then movement is movement. So whether it's body weight, whether it's weights, you know, we don't just have deadlifts in a program all the time. If someone can't do a deadlift and we always need to look at what we do for that person to modify it and to get them moving and yeah. performing something that's going to hit similar muscle groups. So it's constantly finding something that works for you. And then, yeah, there are other things that come in are like timing, but timing, family, mm. everything else mm -hmm. where life happens. So finding something suitable enough, we compare it to like PT in a group training environment. Yeah. So PT went through like a really low point. I don't know whether it was COVID, but even when I was getting out of PT and going into group exercise or what I would call this or group fitness, mm -hmm. um, PT really started to, to drop. And I don't know if, you know, you've met many people or if you've chatted to many over the last five years, but there's not that many like PTs still out there holding strong apart from the core group that I know, especially in Adelaide in particular, mm. um, that have been doing it for so long, that it's their livelihood and that they've put everything into it. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that are still kicking through. I think COVID kind of cleaned out the people that maybe, mm. um, fell, you know, fell out of love with it or for whatever reason it, it might've been something that they, it was a passion project, but maybe it didn't, um, mm. uphold them the most of a time when the world just went yeah. nah. Yeah. Um, and you had to pivot to do something different. So yeah, getting back to, to that, I guess it's just hopefully the people that are struggling to find that routine or to find that special something. Just find something that they're going to be able to do and stay consistent at and do more of because mm. it's the whole thing about the person who loves running will run further than the person that has a destination of how far they need to run. Yeah. So I get yeah. it all the time, like, Bowie, I want to run 10 Ks. And the first thing that person's thinking about is running 10 Ks. I'm mm. like, just run two yeah, and yeah. actually see what you'd, you know, do it without your headphones and do it listening in your own head and your own voice. And you learn pretty quick about yourself, what you need to put in front, that one foot in front of the other sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. And just oh, lastly on that, it's really good. I think the body fit sort of style is just good for busy yeah. people, wouldn't it? It's like, you don't have to think, you just rock up. It's all the science behind it. The pro, yeah. It's all the programming okay. done. You just get told what to do and you leave. Everyone's like, done. That's right. the best part, that's it. you know, about it. The body fit is like quite focused 
um, from my little knowledge about body fit, but on around the community, um, side of things. So I'd like to just, if you could touch on how you find the community sort of feeling and sort of vibe in the body fit gym helps people succeed in their fitness and health. Uh, I always tell the story about how uh, we've got a member who's 80, um, and I love that he could be in a class next to a 21 year old, mm -hmm. um, doing the exact same exercise probably modified a little bit for what the great man can and can't do. Yeah. Um, but obviously as we get older, there's more restraints as I just love the, the fact that you're bringing exercise and community is then the byproduct of that. So mm -hmm. you bring, um, just the different types of people you'll see, the people like we talked about that are really nervous and anxious about stepping foot into a gym next to someone who's highly, you know, been doing it for ages, highly skilled, you know, athletic. Mm. Um, build, you get AFL footballers come through all the time and, and that sort of stuff as an example, professional sport players, I should say. Yeah. And it's just so cool to see that, that you've just got one model or one mode mm. that you're getting so many different people create, let alone every individual studio having its own little family slash community base where we had a function on the weekend where I know that over half of the people that went. Um, didn't know the other half of people in the room. So mm. it's like the 5.30 AMs mix in with the 5.30 yeah. PMs and the 12.30s mix in with the 6.30s. It's like Must be good to seeing see. that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, to still be going after five years. Mm. Um, and it goes back to just watching people train with their friends is probably the last thing. So I know um, I enjoyed running the most when I had you and Ryan next to me and we were going to do some hills, not yeah. when I was by yeah. myself punching 100%. out 20Ks because I had to to try and get fit yeah. So, yeah yeah i mean i enjoyed it more so therefore i was like yeah more prone to go and do that yeah and therefore i will do it more often and yeah. it's the same thing for us here it's like you see the ones that message their friends and probably wear the same thing to the gym as each other and they come and do it and it's yeah. pretty cool yeah so yeah what from a personal perspective you're a machine what diet are you sort of like stepping to i guess i'd like to know what, what do you want the truth what, or do you want the no nah, the truth the we, truth we need the uh, truth i don't and have never followed a diet um okay. the only thing i would say that i follow is what i said to you before that everything in maintenance and balance mm -hmm. i'm pretty much i run off three coffees a day and a lot of pre-workout yes <laughs> okay. Okay. um and Food that will hopefully have some sort of protein, bit of carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. I've actually got a really high fatty diet. I don't know why, if it's just what I enjoy, but, mm. um, yeah, there's, there's been times where I've done the whole bodybuilder thing and the meal prep and you spend hours in the, the kitchen. And like I said to you before, it, there was, there was a time when I was that guy that was trying to put on size and I was nearly 90 kilos and I'm only 78, 79 at the moment. Yeah. Um, I was eating eight slices of bread before I went to sleep every night because I just needed to hit X amount of calories. Okay. So I did the whole trackable stuff, um, everything like that. I tackle more of an approach now of trying to remain, like I said to you before, having good source of protein, a uh, high carbohydrate, because I probably struggled to actually get enough food in, if I'm honest. Yeah. And then I remember listening to a podcast, uh, from an influencer of sorts where they were just saying like, if you need to get your X amount of calories in over five meals, then it looks like this. If you need to get it in over two meals, then it looks like this. It might be a lot of a bigger serving, mm -hmm. but you just got to get it in. And when I understood that, <laughs> the next thing that I always try and think of is I used to say your body's like a car because you go and fill yourself up with petrol. If I want to train as hard as I enjoy training, mm -hmm. then I can't be running off three coffees and no food until... Yeah. Four o'clock and then expect that I'm going to go to the gym and perform. Yeah. Um, and everyone knows that feeling where you have either not enough food in your stomach or you've eaten too close to a time, just how off you feel and mm. how you don't perform your don't best. Perform. So I try and eat for performance. Okay. Which is hilarious because I've got one of the worst diets that I would say in winter, man. <laughs> well, how about we just quickly change it up then and say for the average punter, what would you, you know, because there's so many bloody fad diets and yeah. ridiculous things you can do now. Is it just simple clean eating or what would you say? I think it's like, a, I think it's a healthy balance. Like eating clean doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the results you want either. I think it's great if you can incorporate a lot of green vegetables and, and, you know, chicken and good protein into your diet and having a protein shake to supplement it when timing's poor. But from working a lot with people in a one-on-one -on -one space, but also in the, the group setting that we've been in, the ones that 
follow a particular plan generally get the better results. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to what I said to you about the training, like just going into the gym and just swinging dumbbells around probably won't do too much, yeah. but going to a gym that has a structured plan that you do legs Monday, back Tuesday, whatever. Yeah. Um, they're the people that will generally see results quicker and it, it goes down to, you're going to get results. How quickly do you want to get the mm -hmm. results? Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of eight week, 12 week, three week challenges. I don't even know. There's yeah. one around every corner these days. So finding the diet that works for you, there's intermittent fasting, there's keto, there's yeah, like it's pretty overwhelming. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. my advice to people is always the five and two rule that I gave, where as long as you're behaving for five and you misbehave for two, that's cool. Your body will definitely start to feel it if you're not looking after it. So to listen to your body. Yeah. So. Listen to your body. If you feel like you're grumpy and you're down in the dumps and you're sour sob and mm. all you've been eating is chicken and peas and you know, feeling rubbish, off. then yeah. it's probably a sign that maybe that's not working just because you read it on a Google doc that yeah. you had to go and do that to get shredded. Yeah, um, really good so I think, just yeah, just more. listen to your body and fuel it accordingly. I, I think carbs are seen as the enemy in a lot of things and carbs are actually the best thing that was ever invented because they <laughs> release, you know, makes you feel good. It releases, um, different serotonin levels for a lot of people. So mm. like I said to you after, I mean, I watched Corby after eating French fries and Oh, yeah. he goes nuts. Up and about. Yeah, correct. <laughs> For people who can't make it to the gym, what would you say are the most important fundamental exercises that they could just do at home? If you can't make it to the gym and you have to, or I think we should all be moving in some extent, uh, body weight stuff, you got to have a push, a pull, a leg, a core. And some cardio is the general basic beginner program that we would write for anyone, whether they were coming to see me at a gym or if I was writing it for someone that said, I, I'm stuck in a room for mm. a month. What can you do for me? And that did happen during COVID when people were like, I don't know how much longer I can do nothing mm. for. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was always based around push-ups. Um, and again, not really setting too many expectations or goals on reps and sets. I think people get so, so caught up in what's the exact number that it needs to be to to get the result you want. It's just doing what you can do. Yeah. Some people may be able to do 50 unbroken and some may only be able to get 10. So it's just finding uh, a set range that talks to you. I've got a bit of a preference on it's not working unless it's burning sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. um, getting to that point of, um, I guess fatigue and exhaustion is where you're going to definitely see results a little bit quicker, but a push up, pull up or pull is a bit harder because not everyone can just go and do chin ups mm. and not everyone has a bar laying around that they can use, but trying to think about even using a towel for like some towel rows or if they've got any sort of equipment known to, you know, laying around the house that they can grab a set of dumbbells, dumbbell rows. Fantastic. Um, pulling is probably the hardest movement pattern to actually try and replicate because mm. it's super easy in a gym environment when you've got all the equipment known to man, but super challenging at home when you've got two cans of beans in the fridge and, yeah. you know, two things of milk. So anything where you're getting a pulling motion, uh, we talked about like filling up a shopping bag during COVID times and doing a row with it. It might sound ridiculous and you mm. might feel silly doing it, but if it's all you've got, it's all you've got. Mm. Body weight squats are great because it's much as it's legs, it's a full body exercise. So your heart rate will get increased. You're using all your legs. Um, yeah, I guess outside of that, just a, a light bit of cardio, a little bit of core work and core, not like sit-ups, core, like transverse abdominals, <laughs> internal abs, um, all the stuff that we probably take for granted for through everyday life was getting up, sitting up, all that sort of thing. Just work through a plank or a hover. It'd be yep. a good little routine to follow, I reckon. Thank you. All right. That'll be $150, by the way. Favorite uncommon or underutilized exercise? Favorite underutilized exercise? Like where, do you know what I mean by that? Like just. What's something. an exercise that everyone should be doing? Yeah. That just no one knows about. Do you know what I got little hack. fell into? Little hack. Mm. I didn't realize kettlebell so i did a kettlebell course in 2019 and before i started at bft you'd be lucky to see me picking up a bell unless i was making a video on yeah. something oh yeah with like the shirt trying on. to yeah usually <laughs> usually trying to get social media famous um but anything with a kettlebell kettlebell swing kettlebell uh, deadlifts they're so like universal and you can do so much with them so it was the first thing i thought of when again going back to we had to lock down we had to you know get some equipment and take it home mm. i had like couple of different sets of kettlebells for hopefully retaining my strength. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot easier to pull one of them into the car instead of loading the ski. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just carry this in the trailer. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just think anything with a kettlebell, a kettlebell swing is for me, it's a staple in our programming. It's a lot of our 
um, it builds strength. It's cardiovascular intense. It's metabolic conditioning. Mm -hmm. It's all the science lingo that I love that really mm -hmm. hits it for me. So, um, even some of my most boring workouts, one that I learned back in 2019 was, uh, 10 swings, 10 push-ups, every minute on the minute for an hour. Awesome. So it's 60 rounds and it might, like I could maybe knock it out in 20 to 30 seconds if I busted through it. So then you're standing around for 30 seconds doing nothing, but by the, oh, yeah, by the 60 end, minute yeah. mark, you're kind of happy for that little bit of rest yeah. that you do get. Sometimes so it's it just can that be repetition. the most basic. Yeah. And that's what I mean. So you have to overthink it. No, that's, it was one of the best like metabolic conditioning yeah. exercises you burn. You could look at that on a whiteboard and be like, that oh seems boring and yeah. like, it's doing yeah. nothing, but actually. It's really know. good. It works your whole, and if you actually look at like what it's hitting, you think about a push up is so easily missed or people just go, I can't do it. Mm. And I get all the kids to do push ups when they come and uh, see me for their PT sessions or the special needs kids. So, mm -hmm. cause I just think it's a fantastic exercise to, when, for those that can do it without any injury or illness to just really get the whole body moving. Okay. Awesome advice. And lastly, mate, as someone who's so well regarded in the health and fitness industry, I'd just like to know if you've got any advice that you'd, you'd pass on to, we sort of touched on it, I suppose, but just any advice you got to young people coming through the system that, you know, and what maybe sets apart the best trainers from the average trainers. Yeah, there's, there's a lot that I'd like to say to them. Um, I think hard work at the moment from what I'm hearing just through all facets of, you know, whether it's fitness industry or if it's out in the tradie landscape or hospitality, I think hard work is hard to come by. And what I mean by that is everyone wants everything handed to them these days. Yeah. Um, I know when I started, I had to work at the Sturt footy club for free for two to three nights a week that no, I didn't love going to do it, but I learned so much yeah. in a year from just being underneath the right people and surrounding myself in an environment that I really like looked at as professional, yeah. you know, upholding a standard, um, and it wasn't about money back then for me. I was you have to be lucky in a sense of be comfortable enough around not having too much financial stress. And I get that. I think that changes a lot of people's when there's a financial stress yeah, burden, Hundred percent. how you act and your behavior is dictated by that. But I go back to, you got to want to work hard and the best trainers that I've worked, um, or managed over the years and, and seen grow are the ones that put in the work and really just give it as best of a crack as they can. And aren't afraid to make a bit of a dick about themselves. Cause yeah. I think fitness Don't take has it too this, seriously. Yeah. Fitness is so serious and like, I guess it's sexy and it's like, it's a sales, mm. a salesman dream. I always say, mm. um, when really I think people just need to be more of themselves. And that's probably what I tried to find is through being in this job and through, you know, transitioning from PT into, or I know you're running a gym that's got upwards of X amount of members. And you're in charge of all the things that happen within there. It's, you learn so much about yourself. So if you're constantly talking yourself down or there's a lot of negativity because you're not enough, um, you know, you're not good enough. You haven't done enough. You're not experienced enough. If you do that to yourself, yeah. you have no chance of actually having a crack. Cause it's normally the people that take a jump and have a risk, um, you know, that end up getting the results that yeah. they want. So yeah, if you are struggling with those uh, internal demons, I would say like definitely look to, to speak to people and to try to find out more around the why and, and hopefully you don't do it for too long to the point where you feel like it, it eats you up because I've seen that happen as well, you know, through trainers that could have been absolutely elite that just needed to put in the work that, you know, from all sorts, from having English barriers to, mm. you know, different abilities or skill sets. And there was that many, there was the trainers that really like put all the effort into them and develop their skill set and their analysis and found their niche. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are still either still going, have their own studio or have, um, taken the next step. So a lot of the people that I look up to are surrounding themselves with like massively professional environments. So looking out for that as well. And yeah, aspiring to, if you want to learn from them, you're going to go and get around them and not expect to be paid for your time or for, yeah. um, you know, you got to be willing to put in the hours if yeah. you're just thinking it's just going to come of you. If I've just got a LinkedIn bio and I'm hoping that I'm going to get picked up by some big corporate place, like it's probably not. Yeah. But if I'm putting myself out there and kind of goes back to, like you said, the work I do with the kids, if I just want that to happen, it's not going to happen unless I'm there pushing it. Mm -hmm. So got to be the one that's driving the boat. Yeah. That's, who's, who's going to row the boats? Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, mate. That's really good advice. And I really appreciate you taking the time to 
chat with me, man. Thanks um, for having me. I know you're a busy man, so thanks so much. I'm mate. so impressed with your uh, your research and your scripting that you've done and this amazing setup that you've got. I think oh, you should be super proud yeah. of yourself. It's thanks, man. a little passion project. If you do awesome. something, you might as well do it properly, yeah, I suppose. give it a crack, eh? Can you just let everyone quickly know where to find you on the socials and then we'll wrap it up? Look up at Bo Williamson uh, for my personal. Get those numbers up and also at BFT underscore Kentown. Awesome. Thanks Just keep a an lot. eye out for my dumb reels. <laughs> they are good. <laughs> Thanks, legend. Cheers, brother. Cheers.